Welcome to the Crash the Pond podcast. Ducks country, let's fly. That's the theme of today, Jake. The uh, Anaheim Ducks season is, what, 48 hours away? Something like that. Puck drop is Wednesday night against the Seattle Kraken, I believe. Yeah, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. And, yeah, this is already off to a smashing start. <laughs> this is really weird because... This is very awkward. We, we've done... The bulk of Jake and I's friendship has actually been done not in person. And so now we're doing a podcast in person, and we're working through the kinks. You know, we're, we're just like the ducks. We're working our way through. Yeah, it's, it's, we- it's weird not hearing you through headphones. Yeah. And apologies if the audio is different than usual. There yeah. might be a little bit more of an echo. Trying our best to make this work on one mic, so we'll go from there. But yeah, this is, this is awkward that I'm not staring at you through a screen. Yeah, yeah, it is really strange. But we've actually got a lot to talk about, so we don't have a lot of time uh, to really do the, the, the pleasantries here. I'm going to try to talk at the mic. Yeah, I'm, I'm really struggling with that right now to not look at you. Yeah, let's go. I'm going to hold my laptop up just so I remind myself to talk towards the mic. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to position myself because there's nothing worse. Like, I don't know about you, but I've heard podcasts where they talk like in person, like with one mic. And yeah. You, and when one person is a little quieter, it just drives oh, me crazy. That, that's going to happen on this episode. I have a gut feeling I'm going to be louder than you. Yeah. And I can't fix it like I normally do. You're just louder than me in general. That's 100% true. Ducks country, let's quack. God damn Which one do you prefer? Be honest. Well, the best part is you didn't realize that that was actually a thing. Like, for anyone that didn't know, Max Jones, they put it, the Ducks at the start of training camp on media day, put is, out... Is Max Jones a Broncos fan? No, I just think it was a meme. Well, it is a meme because Russell Wilson's yeah. the corniest dude alive. Yeah, every, it was just a meme that caught fire, and so everyone did it, okay. including Max Jones. I didn't even realize. And then you started doing it today. I'm like, is this like a <laughs> a, a like re, a, a copy of Max Jones? No. Did you know this happened? No, and no. I'm 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 late to the party. Clearly, apologies. Clearly. But, okay, but let's uh, let's get into the the, the the topic of the day here. Uh, the Ducks have announced their opening night roster. And it was a pretty crazy preseason. There was a lot of speculation. Uh, we didn't know what was going to happen as Jake is pulling up cap-friendly here. I have the, the, the roster in front of me, Jake. Don't worry. Okay. I was just doing it for my own sake so I could look at so it So you can know what you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. Are you saying you're depending on, on cap-friendly? Yes. To, okay, that's One, fine. 100%. So pretty much, I'm just going to run through the list here. The Ducks released it in this kind of weird order. Like one... If you if you click, scroll up, click. Oh, well, would you look at that? Yeah. Well, I'll be damned. Okay. Oh, wow. You mean the Ducks uh, website roster is accurate for once? That's crazy. I think so. Do they have the A's on there? When I looked earlier, Jacob Silverberg was the only A, I think. Yeah. That... Which I think must be left over from last season. So we'll go down the list. We'll go down the list, and uh, all the other kind of side topics will, will bring themselves to bear uh, as we go through the roster. Max Contois made the team, so no surprise there. He had a good preseason. Although he was banished to the third line. Basically right now, playing with Isaac Lindestrom and Jakob Silverberg is, is purgatory. Should we wait to have that conversation yes. for a bit? Okay. Yes. Because okay. I, I, you know I could go off. You were trying to get me going there. Yeah, I'm trying to bait you. Yeah, bait 100%. Derek Grant? I mean, well-deserved. Well-deserved uh, making of the team there. Adam Henrique, Max Jones, he is healthy. And uh, here we go. The first new thing to talk about, Brett Leeson. Yeah. They- so, so just to... Just to kind of set the scene here, Glenn Godden was waived today, and or did he clear today? No. So they put he, him. The the sequence of events was yeah. 
Brett Least, there was a massive amount of waivers yesterday, including, this is just kind of getting ahead of it, but Josh Mahura was put on waivers by the Ducks yesterday to clear up a roster, or not to clear up, well, yes, to clear up a roster spot for the opening day roster. Uh, He did not make it through waivers. He was claimed by the Florida Panthers. So for those of you listening to this and haven't been able to pay attention today, Josh Mahura is no longer a Duck. Yeah. Um, But then the Ducks also claimed Brett Leeson off of waivers from the Washington Capitals. And for those wondering about Brett Leeson, let me pull up just kind of his track record. I believe he's he was six a, foot five, but he's more like a Buddy Robinson, six foot five. <laughs> no, I saw someone <laughs> make that comparison, and I'm like, that makes sense because he's not really like a fighter. Or anything he's like he's a power forward, is how he's been described to me by okay. by Caps fans. Because he's he was a second round pick, I believe, you know, in 2019, and. You know, doesn't really have crazy offensive stats. It's not even like, and like the first thing I went to was like people want to say, oh, maybe it's a big guy to become an enforcer. He hasn't no. really fought in he his can, career. He he's he's the big guy who can play, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, but he, if you look at his RAPM chart for last season, he actually had decent defensive results, albeit in a small sample. I think it was like three hundred ish minutes. Um, but he's potentially capable defensively, and I think he's what he's twenty three. So there's maybe still a little upside there with with Brett Lees. And so kind of, I mean, I don't want to say that it's like a bad, it's not a bad move. It's just a bit of a kind of like, okay, let's see how this turns out. It's it's kind of more just feels, I mean, to, I mean, we kind of rode Bob Murray hard for this. It feels like just kind of like shuffling. a shuffling of the deck yes. chairs move. Yes. And while granted, we, so we should definitely call it out for that. I think it's one thing to have shuffling of the deck chair trades. It's another thing to have it as waiver claims. I think it makes it yeah. a little... Because that's what you're doing with the waiver claim, essentially. You're doing that. And if we're comparing him to a Glenn Godden who doesn't really have any NHL experience, which is essentially how this worked out. The Ducks, right. the Ducks claim Brett Leeson, to get back to kind of the original point of all this. Uh, the Ducks claim Brett Leeson, and then as a result of that, because when you claim someone, you then have to have them on your NHL roster. You can't send them to the minors. He, This is an NHL pickup, because if the Ducks put him on waivers... And he, cl- and he clears, then the Capitals can actually take him back, having cleared waivers, put him in the minors. And so, as a result of this, though, the Ducks needed to take one guy off the current roster. And um, that ended up, ended up being Glenn Godden, who was a name, quite frankly, I did not expect to be on the opening night roster. No. So, why, why not? The fact that he was even this close was a little bit um, shocking to me. But, uh, yeah, so Glenn Godden looks like not on the opening night roster. Brett Leeson is. That, yeah. that, that's kind of the way this shook out from the, that perspective. Yeah, and so Brett Leeson, again, this is, seems to be like maybe a fourth liner, like a, like a fourth line upgrade. Yeah. Is he an upgrade over Jakob Silverberg? Is that, is that the new litmus test for do you belong in the lineup? I mean, <laughs> I, I think we really need to see how Silverberg does through the beginning of when the, the season. When the games matter. Yeah, but, oh, in preseason, he looked bad. He looked a step slow, and yeah. and really looked like he's falling behind. And I mean, I I've seen a lot of. Uh, I feel like he wasn't terrible last year. We'll get into the full third line talk a little bit later, but I feel like on Twitter, a lot of what I was getting in my mentions when I would mention Lundestrom, a lot of people would say, "Well, he's tied to Silverberg," and a lot of Silverberg discussion, and a lot of people kind of mentioning the fact, "Well, um, he just doesn't look like he has any more different things like that," and. I think what this is emblematic of is aging curves and kind of what we really drive home when we talk about those aging curves. Sure, there's going to be guys that buck the trend like an Adam Henrique, but 
When you're dealing with aging curve, sure, people can say injuries, but that's what happens as you get older and you're playing such a physical, such a rough game like hockey. And that this is what's happened. He's had hip injuries. He's had all these different issues that have popped up. And it's hard to fully come back from that. And that's yeah. what happens when you age. And he had a blood it, clot last season. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's rough. And it's not his fault. It's just what happens. And his body is starting to break down. And, and it's noticeable on the ice. And so I, I'm I'm very curious to see how Silverberg is able to perform once the season begins. And if he maintains this trend, what they end up doing with him. Because yeah. I think he's someone they respect too much to put on waivers. But I'm not sure what else you can really do with him at that point in time. I just want to point out that while Jake gave that whole, you know, that, that well, oh, I ex- forgot that I had that, this that well explained point. He had the, he had the, the wrestling channel. That wasn't even Discord. on purpose. I was trying to figure out what the notification was. Then I started going off, but yes, <laughs> wrestling is always open for me. I guess. Uh, yeah. Wrestling 24 seven. It's all good. Yeah, so we kind of inadvertently did a Silverberg bit there um, in our Lindestrom discussion. Scoot a little bit closer to me so you're not fully blocked or off camera. Okay. Am I... You're good. Is you're that an issue? You're, okay. You're good. You can see Brett, the camera also. Brett Leeson is on the team. Isaac Lindestrom is on the team. Mason McTavish. I mean, we we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Didn't have, didn't have a really notable preseason, but for him, I'm not judging him off of preseason. Well, also he was hurt. Like, he yes. was coming off an ankle injury, and I think that is something that is noteworthy because... And I think that's going to be something that's noteworthy to start the season also because... Ankle injuries are tough to come back from, and they take more than just a week to fully recover. Even if you're healthy enough to play, I don't know if you've ever had an ankle injury. I have playing hockey. I've rolled my ankle. It's doing think non-athletic things. Does that count? Sure. Have you tried playing hockey afterwards and skating afterwards? No. Or it, maybe I don't know. It sucks, and it's hard. Even in that type of uh, stiff boot, it's still really hard to to get the feel back of your skate and to really feel like you can really drive through a crossover and everything along those lines with how much you use your ankle. And so it's going to take some time for him to really be able to get back into the game, even if he is healthy enough to play. So I think maybe that's something for everyone out there to maybe temper your expectations the first five, six, seven games for him as he's coming back from that. Well, it also depends who he's playing with. Which, should we we open that can? Let's let's just finish the opening day, Ross. Okay, okay. Uh, Pavel Regenda made the team. Yeah. Who I, I called it all along. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so now we've hit the point where you're saying that enough where I think people believe you. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and are not remembering I that mean, you were the person that was like the most against him. If a, if a motivated individual cared enough, they could go back and find the receipts and I would be held accountable. I don't think anyone has enough motivation. I mean, I, I, I hope not. It's just not that important. But yeah, Pavel Regenda made the team... And he had a good preseason. He posted really strong on ice numbers by natural statics count. He had a 58.2 expected goals for percentage, which is really good. And I don't know what his uh, counting stats were. Someone kind of sarcastically commented me on Twitter like, oh, he scored some real goals too. But the thing with goals and assists in preseason, it's a, it's a small sample. That's a little harder to know if it'll be repeatable. But his on ice... Uh, play and the impact he was having that is more repeatable and he that's is, that's what's exciting to me that that picture you just have uh, had up on your computer felix has his laptop in his hand he has some really nice flow can i get this i don't, I don't know no, if it's, no. Yeah, no well just google pavel agenda and yeah he's got some he's he's young i mean he's 22 yeah like i mean if he becomes an nhler and is one for i don't know five six years yeah like this is a great depth signing and maybe uh we should eat some crow 
yeah, I I don't have to eat crow because I've been on you know the Regenda Hive all along, so no issues there for me. Uh, Jakob Silverberg has made the team. You know, we've already talked about that. Ryan Strom, no surprise. Troy Terry, you know, he he managed to make it. Wow. You know, he's proven himself, finally. Uh, <laughs> Frank Vitrano, Trevor Zegers, you know, number 11 now, made the team after a, a weird, you know, weird preseason for him, really. He got injured, probably shouldn't have played the last preseason game, did. Um, I disagree with that, but we will move on. <laughs> I'm really only bringing things up just to potentially stir up a debate. <laughs> um, okay, moving down the list. Ooh. You are still off camera. Oh, God damn it! Can you, like... No, we can't move the camera. I was going to say. I'm going to try to... We, we can scoot back a little. But yeah. Then, but then we're further away from the microphone. Well, then we're both further away from the microphone. Okay, fair so, enough. So, uh, okay. So, Nathan Bolia is on the team, and... Boy, I did not think I'd be uttering those words, uh, you know, a few months Should ago. Should we just briefly bring this up? Do you think that he was signed because of uh, Vakanainen getting hurt? <sighs> so, yes and no. Yes and no. Because I... You said it. Huh? Nothing. <laughs> yes and no, because on one hand, yes, it did coincide with the injury, but also... They had other guys that they could have given that job to. Mm-hmm. So I think it was it was accelerated by the injury, but let me, still let me, doesn't explain the, the signing. Let entirely. me rephrase it. If Vakaninen never gets hurt, is Nathan Beaulieu signed to this contract? Hmm, That's a good question. I'm going to say yes. Yes. I'm going to go with no. Because actually. Colton White. Is Colton White on? This is that, about Colton well, that, White. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Is Colton White on this team? Yeah, because so. I mean that—that's the thing that—that's the thing that <laughs> Colton weird. White is on this team, that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's the weird thing is Colton White. Who? Yeah. If you would have told me Colton White made this team when the duck first off, I don't remember when the Ducks signed Colton White. No, me neither. I think it was this off season, actually. I think it happened on a random week, and it we, happened. We just didn't care. No, because I assumed AHLer, and turns out Colton White made the Ducks team. Yeah. Most likely as the eighth defenseman. Yeah, but might play. I mean, I think that goes to show that if Vakaninen was healthy, yeah, Bolu would have been signed as a seventh or eighth defenseman. And I think Colton White would be in the AHL. Yeah, and, and I mean, you look at Colton White's numbers. This last game that he played, uh, what would it have been the game at home? Yeah, against the Kings. Which, yeah. By the way, I want to talk about that. Well, we should just talk about both games. Might as well. Should we? Once we get through this, but um, Colton White, I think. Outside of that game, had some pretty good numbers in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to pull them up right yeah. now because but, uh, natural Statrix is the only one that well, has. I've got it right here. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, where where is he? I could have sworn that he had a good preseason, but I could be wrong. Uh, let's see. No, he had a good one. About fifty percent expected goals, yeah. percent. Granted, I think that a lot of that was dragged down by the final game that he played with yeah. with, with Shattenkirk, where they were just getting torched by the Kings. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this was a, a guy that was really off the radar. Maybe as someone that could play a couple games. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't really have a whole lot to wouldn't, say about Wouldn't him. spend too much time yeah. on that. Uh, Simon Benoit? I mean, hey, close call for him, all things considered. Because yeah. Josh Mahara, uh, we hardly knew you. He is gone. So Real, real quick on the, the Josh Mahara thing. Yeah. So first off, want to mention this. There have been some people that have said, we, we uh, railed against uh, Bob Murray and asset management. This definitely falls in line with that. Yeah. I think one thing, 
I think can, I can add to this. It's a little bit of a different part of the conversation is I think part of this is Pat Verbeek getting out guys that aren't his guys. And Fair. I think Josh Mahura wasn't a guy he drafted. That was a Bob Murray draft. And granted, I mean, we said it, it's still, um, it's still a, a Martin Madden draft, but it's not his guy. And he may not be love the player or really care that much about the player. And at this point in time, Josh Mahura may not be an NHLer. And he probably tried to trade him and yeah. decided putting him on waivers. Now, having said that, he got through a lot of the wa- waiver claims to get all the way down to Florida. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because what, what are they going off of last? Like how, yeah, they go off last season's uh, standing. So, well, Florida won the President's Trophy, right? Yeah. So he had to go through the entire list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Florida claimed him. So that yeah. guy just goes to show where kind of yeah. his stock was out throughout the league. But Florida is, I mean, the smartish team. But there's a lot of really smart teams in this league that didn't want to take a chance on him at M- e- on an yeah. ELC contract. But someone did. And, yeah. it, and a good team took a chance on him. Yeah. So I think... I don't think Josh, like, I think there's this become this weird narrative. I mean, it's not weird, but there has become a narrative that Josh Mahura is not good and that this, this, it was time. And I, like, still don't fully believe that. I still don't think we've seen enough. Right. Like, I still. In, in good spots. I still don't really know what he is in the NHL because it's just been so all over the place. I mean, he gets called up, you know, he gets some games and then he gets sent back, right? There's never any consistency. And I just. Well, I don't know. I'm not ready to write him off. I'm not saying he's going to be good, but the fact that they waived him, that they, they signed Nathan Bollier instead, really... And he wasn't really put in a spot to succeed last year. Right. He played with Kevin Shattenkirk, who was not good last year at 5-on-5. Five five. So, I, I just... I don't know if we really know what he is at this point in time, so I don't necessarily like the decision to waive him when we don't know what he is. But I also think that there is, I think, some logic to it when you look at it from the perspective of he's not one of his guys. Yeah. And... I think that this is something that's important to bring up. The Ducks are stocked on defense yeah. in the pipeline. Yeah. So you lose a Josh Maher for nothing, it's not going to hurt you. No, I mean, it's it like that's the thing. Like when we talk about all these decisions, like with Bolu and with Mahura, like we're not trying to say that these are big time deal, you know, back breaking decisions. It's just more like looking at the thought process behind it. And that is the instructive part. And so for Mahura, for me, the value is to keep him on the team, to let him play through kind of these struggles and maybe like if yeah like if you're well stocked on the back end for the future trade him like recoup his value like yeah. I, I just don't know what the well it's the max contour argument that we've had right yeah about put him in spots spots to succeed let him recoup value and then you move him you can't move him after last year with the year that he had you have to have put him in spots to thrive yeah so that he can score goals and rebuild his value yeah i just again this whole bullier thing i just don't understand it i like yeah. like truthfully he is not a good NHL defenseman. He hasn't ever been. Like he was drafted years and years ago now, and I just don't really understand what the Ducks organization sees in him. And now, like, there's a very real chance he's going to yeah. play. I, yeah, because I mean that was the argument we had last week. Like right? he played in the final preseason game. I, I mean, we'll have to see how they. I, I mean, yeah. I think Benoit is a much better option than him. Yes. Well, anyone is a better option than him. Uh, yeah, I, I think like I said, that's the thing. I, I said this kind of tongue in cheek in our Discord today, but I think like playing five defensemen 
would be better yes. than, than playing yes. six defensemen if that six defenseman is Nathan Beaulieu. I just think people don't really quite understand how bad Nathan Beaulieu is. Like his and stats the, are his underlying numbers are just and his and atrocious. his under and his underlying numbers in preseason are not good either. No, like like he's he, at twenty two percent expected goals <laughs> for a percentage. Yeah, which also we probably should say the only players worse than him are Jacob Silverberg and that made the team and Mason McTavish. I mean, it's it's actually comical how bad he's been over the last three years playing Winnipeg. Maybe that has something to do with it, but it's just been a while now. I mean, if you go back, try maybe a little further in time, he was playing in Buffalo, still bad. If you go further back in time, I mean, you you have to basically go back to like 2017 to see any evidence that Bully is just not terrible. Yeah. Uh, Tony is chiming in, by the way, about uh, we need to stop the self uh, Silverberg slander. I mean, is it slander to say that he's just? Well, is it slander to just state his stat? Right. Like, like we we didn't make him do that. We didn't make him play like that. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so a little sidetrack there. Jamie Drysdale made the team number six, looking nice there with the number six. Cam Fowler, John Klingberg, Dmitry Kulikov, Kevin Shattenkirk, Vakaninen on IR. Uh, Colton White, which we we t- we covered, and then Gibson and Stolars. So there it is. There's your 22-23 Anaheim Ducks. I don't know. Like anything else in this roster before we we kind of move forward here? Um, do, not is this a playoff team? Like like what do you think of that this team like right now? Because of course, I mean, keep yeah. in mind, opening night it's not going to be the roster like the entire season. Might not mean the roster a month from now. Uh, in some respects, but like, is this a playoff team? Because I think they're fringe. The I, the I, the models, the statistical models, have been resoundingly uh, not in agreement that this is a playoff team. I think they're not, but they're close. And I think yeah. the reason for that is I think they're lacking the quality depth that you. Need they don't to, have depth. They don't have depth. They do have the high end talent that can score, and I think yeah. they're going to be an entertaining team that can score. Mm-hmm. But the issue is going to be when those third and fourth line are on the ice. And here's the thing. If that fourth line of Regenda, uh, Grant, and Jones is any good, is any good like they were, they were not good. I think it was the game on Saturday, but in the game on Tuesday, they were excellent. Right. Uh, and not only sc- did Max Jones score a bunch of goals, Regenda scored also, uh, but they were also controlling play at five on five, which was really impressive. If they can be that, and it's really just the third line that's getting caved in, that makes a big difference for this team. Yeah. And I think puts them in a much so- more solid position where if this Lundestrom line is honestly the fourth line from a minutes perspective. It won't be, though. No, but. It, it will not be. Fair. But if, if Regen. But I mean. Derek Rack could pl- outplay these guys. That's well, no, but, but my point on this is us. that I don't think that. I, I think so, or I think the, the Zegers line and the Strom line are going to play a bunch. Yeah. I think that's going to happen regardless. Yeah. I think as much as we give Dallas Agans flack, I think he's not completely blind. And if he sees the, the wow. if, high, high praise. If he sees the agenda <laughs> Grant Jones line going, yes, significantly, he's gonna play them more than the Lundestrom line. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's just where it's gonna go. And so I think if that's the case, the Ducks are in a decent spot. I think the I think the the strengths for this Ducks team is the high end talent. Which yeah. is interesting because that's something that they haven't had in years past. What if Leeson plays? Where does Leeson play? Does he play? I mean, he's a right winger, supposedly. Um, does where does he play? He, I, I think that they're they're really Dallas Akins is really high on Pavel Regenda. I mean, as he should be. Regenda's no, played well, yeah. And, and it seems like he wants to keep that line together because so he's, let's, he's, let's he's, go through it. I mean, let's just go well, through it. I, I think I think for sure the first line is going to be uh, Vitrano, uh, Zegers, Henrique. Yeah, I think the second line is going to be some form of, form of either Comtois or McTavish along with Strom and Terry. 
Yes. So this is going to get out a dilemma that for this lineup. But keep going. And then you have whoever's on, on that line from Comtois McTavish with, with Lundestrom and then Silverberg. That would be the only spot I could see Leeson at. Yeah. And then your fourth line, Jones, Grant, Regenda. But maybe Jones or Regenda well, kind of cycling yeah, out. But the only thing that I, I struggle with is that, yeah, Jones has played well. I mean, he's primarily a left wing but can play the right side. Regenda is also a left wing that can play the, can play the right side. So right. there's a whole lot of question marks there. But, yeah, I don't really know where Leeson factors in necessarily unless it's just a guy that an extra can fill Yeah, an extra body that can fill in when they need him. But – it doesn't really seem apparent unless they are going to scratch Silverberg. I mean... I don't see them doing it. Can he play every game right now? Like, it just seems... I mean, I feel like we're almost being, like, writing him off too quickly. Like, well, let's, let's at least let, let him play some real games. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, the issue with this lineup, this team right now, outside of depth, is just that they've kind of married themselves to this way of constructing the roster, where you yeah. have Lundestrom as your third-line center... McTavish is a winger, and it creates this dilemma where now McTavish and Contois being the two kind of offensive left wingers that ideally are playing in an, an offensive top six role, one of them gets knocked down to that third line, and then you're stuck with Lundestrom and Silverberg who aren't giving you anything offensively, and then you've got your energy fourth line. So it's just, I feel like there's a better version of this roster. I don't know how much better it is, but... I don't know, even just the, the the fact that McTavish is not playing at center. You know, yeah. that just kind of seems to be a... Uh, it's one of those things uh, yeah. where it, it's... I think he's in a much better spot if he's playing with Strom and Terry. Yeah. But I think you want him playing his natural position. It actually was an interesting quote from Ryan Strom. Uh, I think he did a Q&A with Athletic where he uh, Eric Stevens gave him some questions from uh, fans. And one of them was actually about his time with the Islanders and what happened after one of the seasons they made the playoffs and they fell off a cliff. Yeah. And he said one of the things that he struggled with personally was going, moving to wing. Yeah, shocker. Because he's like, I wasn't playing my natural position. Yeah. And it was just really interesting that the the contrast between that quote and what the Ducks have done and, and how it's not yeah. putting their, their guys in, to, in, yeah, in positions <laughs> to succeed. And it, it's just funny to me that that's happening. That's, that's a side note. But yeah, I, I think McTavish playing center is what... They realistically should be doing. And I think the issue overall with the roster, getting back really quickly, I wanted to say this. I think the the uh, big strength of this roster is the high end talent. Yeah, it's And that's there. something they have not had in years past, both on the uh, from the forwards and the blue line. Yeah. Having John Klingberg, like... He Kling, looks good. Klingberg-Fowler as a pairing yeah. could be one of the best pairings in the league, and I'm not even being hyperbolic when no, I say that. Like, they could, yeah. Like, they, they have been excellent in preseason. They have controlled play... They have pushed play the other way, created offense while not giving up chances the other way. Yeah. They, they've been excellent as and, a defense and you, and you can just see with Klingberg that, that dimension that he brings. Well, they just haven't had that. And you can see that both him and Fowler read off each other really well. Yeah. And they both play a game a similar way. And yeah. they both defend in similar ways that they essentially their whole thing is they just need to get the puck and then the other team's not going to get it back. Yeah. In the D zone, which yeah. is what you want. That power play, by the way, looks really good. Oh, that first unit power play? Yeah. What was, was it? it? Terry, McTavish, uh, was Zegris out there? Zegris, Strom, Klingberg. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that puck was just the, pinging around. Sorry, yeah. We're sidetracking a lot right yeah, now. but that's fine. But no, but that that power play, I have not seen a Ducks power play look that dangerous. No. In a long time. And it looks and, like seamless. Well, and it's something that we've talked about so much with this power play. And even last year when people would say that the power play was better... We've gone over so many times that it wasn't actually better from an underlying metric perspective when you looked at how where the shots were coming from, everything like that.
But you look at this power play and you look at what makes a power play successful and what was causing the Ducks issue the last couple of years. And I've mentioned this so many times on previous podcasts, but you need to either have fast puck movement or you need to have bodies that aren't stationary yeah. in order to get uh, lanes to open up in the plan, uh, in the penalty killers and to also get the goalie to move. And so yeah. you need to find soft space on the ice and have quick puck movement to get everyone moving out of position. And the thing that was so beneficial for that first unit, they did both. Yeah. If you notice, guys were moving. They weren't moving a lot, but they would move into that little soft space in the ice that would be opened up by the quick passes. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want, those quick movements where if a penalty killer has turned his back because of the quick puck movement and they turn back, the player's not in that same spot and it's hard to defend that. And that's what was so beneficial for that. And I mean, the second unit fell off a cliff. Yeah, they should just play that first unit the entire time. To be honest, yeah, I'm curious what they do there with the split because well, that, last year was very almost the, not even egalitarian. It they was tried almost, to spread the wealth. Yeah, it was almost like okay, power play one gets 45 seconds, and then we're going with this 2D. Well, even the look. units they tried to spread. They didn't load up like this. Last right. Year. I think that the the. That first unit, the, the fact that they're able to get that puck going laterally, like that's the big thing to me is that they were, if you watch the Ducks power plays of years past, it was always just around the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Never really, like you said, getting the goalie to move. And now they're able to do that. We'll see if it carries over. Yeah. I mean, they've only played, <laughs> they've only played like two teams basically. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. It's a but good sign. Back to the point on that is that the roster constructions, I think suboptimal, right? Correct. And so I think that they have the high Line skill up level. Sorry. They ha- they have the high skill level, but the issue comes with they're trying. Dallas Aikens is trying to. It's a tale uh, of and, two teams up front right now. Well, I, and I think we are a little bit early right now. They have not played one game. It's going to manifest itself. It will. Like we've seen this before. Like 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 we've seen these lines. I yeah. Mean, not like the bottom six. We've essentially seen. Yeah, but it, it. The way I always put it is, it's trying to force a square peg into a round hole. Right. With this third line, and you look at the numbers for Lundestrom and Silverberg, what, whether it's Colomtois, whether it's McTavish, whether, honestly, it's Lundestrom with McTavish and Rocco Grimaldi. Like, the numbers are oh, not... Oh, you, you brought up Rocco Grimaldi. The number, we'll get to that. The numbers aren't good <laughs> All right, for, for those guys. And yeah. I think there's one kind of connecting piece through all those lines, and that's Isaac Lundestrom. And his inability, and I don't think he's been good at getting the puck out of the zone, which is one of the few things he was good at last year. Yeah. And once it gets in the offensive zone, it just dies and comes back the other way. Yeah. And so I just, I don't know what they can do with Isaac Lundstrom outside of putting him in a fourth line role. Because as of right now, Max Comtois, I thought, has had a really good preseason. Yeah, you've been you've been driving that that bus. And I honestly haven't watched enough of the games I to, mean, to say. The game against LA in Anaheim, where it was Comtois, Strom, Terry, mm-hmm. that line was dominant. Yeah, you were mentioning that, yeah. That, that line was absolutely dominant. His, his on-ice numbers are pitiful, though. In the, really? In the preseason, yeah. I wonder if that has to 35. do... 35.7. I wonder if that has to do mainly with... Well, here's the issue. I mean, these are two... Does it... How many games is it? Here, here's the issue with that. He played the last game with Lundstrom and Silverberg, and they had oh yeah, like a one. They, oh a yeah, 3%. they had one shot attempt. They had one shot attempt. It was like three yeah. percent expected goals, four percentage. Yeah, and these are all small samples. I yeah, mean. and so I think overall he's looked good. I mean, in the game I was at, he looked very dangerous in front of that. He had a really nice backhand. Yeah, uh, had shelf, that goal, shelf goal on the power play, and it just is odd because the game against LA in LA, and it's preseason, so they could just be trying stuff out. But he wasn't on the power play, but he was on the penalty kill. Right. And it was just... It's odd that, like... Wait, he was on the penalty kill? Yeah, he was on the penalty kill oh. against the Kings. 
Wow. Well, I feel like, the, I mean, the whole thing with him is they're probably trying to get him to be this, like, responsible But it's just player. not, it's not understanding what your player is, right? <laughs> like, that's the issue there is, like, it's trying to force a player to be not what he is instead of putting him in a position to do what he does best. I'm just cracking up at our chat right now with the, uh... The Tfordisms. Oh, yeah. That's gone. <laughs> uh, we should, by the way, uh, move on to our ad read. And we'll, oh, yeah. We'll get back to all yeah, this. Yeah, why don't you... Yeah. Uh, so, guess what, fellas? The boys are buzzing because hockey's back. Want to know what else is buzzing? The Lawnmower 4.0 from our friends at Manscaped. They're the global leading in male grooming. Don't get chirped this, e- this year for having a Jumbo Joe Bush below the waist. Join Manscaped, the Manscaped movement and the other 6 million men who trust Manscaped for all your hairiest grooming needs. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CTP at manscaped.com. So Felix, I'm in love with my performance package 4.0 from Manscaped. Including that, included in that is the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, and formu- formulations and two free gifts. Uh, this package is the perfect package to help you put the D... In your defense, Felix. Wow. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge uh, ceramic blade to re- reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced, case, advanced skin safe technology. Uh, you don't take a penalty below the waist. Playoff beards are meant for your face, not your pants. And this package also comes with a weed whacker to chop the worst weeds up top in both your nose and ear. The weed whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary safe, rotary dual blade system. The nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology, which which helps you prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Tugs? Yep, tugs. Uh, Just (laughs) Manscaped even threw in two free gifts. Uh, Are you kidding me? This includes their shed travel bags. Keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your boxer game to the next level. So you can get 20% off with free shipping with the code CTP at manscaped.com. Don't be a goon and fight your bush with uh, the other guys. Choose Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CTP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off uh, with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code CTP. Don't get denied pipe this season <laughs> and shave your pants, pants pucks with the right tools for the job. What? Uh, what? All right. What? Uh, also, this episode is brought to you by True Classic. It's sports season, baby, and our sponsor, True Classic, has everything you need to make the most of that lineup. Whether you have abs of steel or a soft, cream-filled center, uh, finding the right shirt can be terrible. Most t-shirts are too tight in all the wrong places or way too big and boxy. But not True Classic. This is the brand with the softest, flattering, and most comfortable t-shirt of the year. Athletes may have jerseys, but we have True Classic. True Classic is the one-stop shop for your favorite casual crewnecks, polos, and activewear. And I'm telling you, they all give, or they give you all, uh, give all those expensive brands out there a run for their pr- money. Uh, these are the uniforms you need in your closet. They do the styling, you do the wearing. It's that simple. So, touchdown! True Classic has already helped over 2 million men get their fit out on a, fit on at an affordable price. So we want to hook you up with some True Classic for a limited time only. Get 25% off uh, with the code CTP at True Classic. 
So guys, you're wearing the wrong clothes. Time to level up. Highlight your greatest assets with the t-shirt you can confidently throw on. Whether you're at the gym or you've had one too many beers, you need True Classic. They use a foolproof, perfect fit formula so all guys can look and feel their best around the clock. Their tees are snug around the arms and chest to make your muscles pop. And they are uh, leave a little wiggle room in the torso just for a little extra comfort. And I'm telling you, these shirts are awesome. So do us all a favor. Show us your arms with their activewear crew necks. They're sun, sweat, and stink wicking. Plus, they look amazing. Um, so guys, don't drop the ball. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the code CTP. Free shipping included on purchases over, over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with code CTP. Strengthen your core wardrobe with True Classic today. That was amazing. I don't know how you got through that. Um, yeah, people want you to uh, uh, read the next uh, Manscaped ad read. I, the same enthusiasm I, I, I think, that I, I think, do. I think you got it. I think you nailed it. Um, you, you, you don't what want the to heck talk? is a tug? You don't want... A tug in your ear hole because of the hair. But, or your nose. But I don't understand why would that be a bad thing. Don't you want to tug it out? No, because it's supposed <laughs> to clip it. It's not supposed to trim it. Remind me never to say tug it out <laughs> yeah. on, on the show <laughs> ever again. Um, there was another thing that was confusing in there. Uh, anyway. The pipe? Well, anyway. We're, we're going to move. Oh, we should have Bonnie do one ad read and send it to us. Yeah, honestly. I mean, we have to vet it first, though. Yeah. I feel like she might throw in some... Uh, some audibles. I'll, I'll send you something, Bonnie. Yeah. Okay. What, what were we talking about? I don't know. Oh, yeah. The, the inefficiencies with the lineup con- construction. Oh, yeah. So getting back to that. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Getting back to that tug on the lineup. A, a more a more wholesome topic. That, that tug on the roster. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't tug it off. Um, no. The issue is that the at this point in time, like the bottom, I mean, honestly, the entire roster just kind of needs to be rethunk. Be- rethunk. Rethunk. That's probably not a word Bonnie's going to come after Is me. Is thunk a word? Actually, I, it might be. I don't know. But keep talking. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll thunk about but it. But at this point in time, like, the way they're doing it, while well, I get it, they're loading up the top six. We've said it's a, it's a they have the talent. Yeah. So they're doing that. But at this point in time, you you have a Max Comtois. You have actually the scoring depth. Where you have Some guy, depth. Like, yeah. a guy that could be a top six on a lot of teams. Granted, fringe top six, but right there. And he's going to be playing on your third line. And while doing that, you're going to be putting him in a spot where he's going to be able to contribute no offense at all. And so I think it's time to basically spread the wealth out. Maybe you have someone on, take someone off one of those top two lines, put him on that third line. Maybe you look at calling someone up from like a Jacob Rome, giving them yeah. a shot. I like, I don't think that's going to happen, but these are the ways like you can go about restructuring and reforming this roster mm-hmm. so that you can make it where guys are going to be put in positions to thrive. Because to be quite honest, I feel really bad for Max Comtois right now. Wow. Because if this is the line he's going to be on, while I think a lot of the metrics we look at, I think it, I think they'll, I think they'll, they'll flip. No, back but forth. but I think that while the metrics that we we look at do a good job of isolating for lineup. Oh, here we go. That the stats have it wrong in Max Comtois. No, but I think it's just something to be considered. But I think Max Comtois' numbers were not good. But no. he was also thrown all around last season. 
Yeah. And I think he was, that, he was tugged around. Yeah, there you go. I hate when that happens. I think that putting him on a line with Lundestrom and Silverberg is going to do him no favors. How does that look? Yeah, it's not good. I just said that it wasn't good. I'm showing Jake the stats. Yeah, I said that. I agreed. Like, like if you go season by season with Contois, he has one year, which was the COVID year, where he looks so okay. So, let me ask you this. How much of that offense do you think is driven by the fact that he was playing with a guy that did not distribute the puck in the offensive zone to him at all? You're talking about last season. Correct. Like, like it can correct for off for I, line mates I, as best you can. Yeah. But if he's in a spot where he's playing with an Isaac Lundstrom, who once he gets in the offensive zone, yeah. does not distribute pucks in a way that is going to create offense for a yeah. team for a line mate, that is going to impact Max Comtois' ability to create expected goals for. Yes. So I think Comtois needs to play with someone who can get him the puck because mm-hmm. he is not a play connector. Correct. He is not a guy who's going to kind of create offense around him. And his off-puck game is not so good that he can just kind of fit into any line. He needs to play with someone that, that can support him. So I get your point. Your point is well taken. And I don't think it's a wrong point. But I also think we shouldn't ignore the fact no, that, that he wasn't good. No, it, it's, I, a, it's a balancing act. and so Well, that's why I'm yeah. saying I feel bad for him. Because yes. he's being put in a position where he's going to put up those same numbers. Yeah. And instead of looking at the actual issue with the line, yeah. I think a lot of people from what we've seen in our, in our in our mentions, a lot of comments from the team and the coaching staff and everything like that, yeah. a lot of it focuses in on him and none of it goes to the actual issue with the line. Right. And I think that that's my concern. And someone in our Twitch chat just put, um, I'd love to see a third line of Comtois Henrique Perot. And you move Lundestrom to the fourth line. Yeah. So I... And you basically, uh, you basically put Lundestrom on that fourth line instead of Derek Grant. Yeah, so I was actually reading an article today by Mitch Brown on EP Rinkside, Elite Prospects, who we've had on the show, friend of the mm-hmm. show, and he was saying he doesn't think Perot's all the way there NHL ready yet. Probably so, not. So I do put some stock into that, um, but yeah, I would rather see what Jacob Perot can or do. Or Sign Rocco Grimaldi. By the way, Rocco Grimaldi, weird, they haven't announced... They we were, don't actually no, know. they <laughs> haven't released him from his PTO. He right. was at practice today. Yeah, mm. but Plot still thickens. has not been signed. So, yeah, I I don't know. I I like even a Rocco Grimaldi on that line, right? Comtois Henrique Grimaldi. Yeah, and then I mean, I guess the only thing is, what do you do with the Zegras line? Vitrano Zegras, Regenda. Yeah, and then you kind of shift the fourth line around yeah. a little bit. No, I like that's the that's the issue is when we get into this this situation, you kind of end up. Th- there aren't that many great alternatives to what they're doing now. I mean, you could also put Comtois leave the top six the same, put Comtois there. Put McTavish on that that third line. Yeah, and then you, I think that you, that's the you, play. You put a Grimaldi there and a Regenda there. Yeah, I think so. If we were to do it, your top top parent or top line would be Henrique, Zegras, Vitrano. Sure. Sex- Let, let's just work under the construction that we have to keep those three together, and you have to keep Strom and Terry together. Yeah, Strom and Terry, and then X player, whoever that is. And then on your third line, you have Contois with McTavish at center. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then. And then I feel like Grimaldi. from there, yeah. And then from there, you can just figure it out. Yeah, you know, f- figure it uh, out. Regenda. I guess I've been saying it. it's a hard G. Hard G. Okay. But who who said? Oh, Bonnie saying that. Uh, yeah, I trust Bonnie. Bonnie. Is, is that the English pronunciation? Because keep in mind, this is a Slovakian name, so English pronunciation conventions don't. If Connor's in, if Connor's in the Twitch chat, I trust Connor him. is Slovakian is name. the resident Slovak here. Yeah. So we'll trust him. Um, but no, um, but I think like having McTavish with Comtois would actually work well because Comtois is a transition monster and can get puck into dangerous spots. 
Yes, and McTavish is really like he's a great play connector. He's really good at the give and goes. The Connor saying Harji. Oh damn it, Regenda. There we go. Darn, there goes my Regenda agenda. Line. Re- Regenda agenda. Yeah, Regenda. What else? Rhymes Regenda with? agenda. Well, sure. Um, okay, okay. Well, so there are ways to make this lineup more interesting, but I think all things considered, we'll see. We'll see. We'll just have to see. Maybe I- if the fourth line is good. Mm-hmm. For a fourth line, and hell, if they're good for like a f- good at a third line, if yeah. they're if they're able to do what they did in that game, and I'm just gonna go pull up that game right now, if they're able to do what they were able, one game sample, so yeah, I'm getting dragged for my pronunciation. I mean, you should be getting dragged. <laughs> um, did I just assume someone's pronunciation? Oh well, one hundred percent. Sorry. Uh, let's see as this pulls up. But if that line can keep up, uh, come on, come on. You always, we don't always doubt Bonnie. Uh, they put up an 81% expected goals for percentage yeah. in that game. Yeah. And so if they can continue to do that over the course of that game, granted they did play like a fourth line in terms of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they can do that and become a viable option for this team and you only have one line that's really a drag, that's a big plus. That's an upgrade. Yeah. That's, that's a big upgrade. Yeah. So so we'll see. I think that this forward lineup, not how we would do it, but... There's still a chance that it'll it'll be okay. Well, and we saw it in both the games against the Kings, and I, this is maybe something to talk about briefly, is that they put up points. Like, they scored goals. And, yeah, and, which we'll see. How, you know, I don't think that's going to sustain. No, but <laughs> no, I don't think they're going to score five and six goals no? a game. You don't think so? But I think they're going to be able to put up three, four goals. Oh, you're talking game. about team-wide? Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you were talking about the, the line? fourth line. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the fourth line. I'm just talking about in the whole, yeah. against the. So they put up three goals in L.A. They put up five goals at home against L.A. Right. The game before that, granted, one goal. But they put up four against the Sharks. Like, this is a team that's going to be potent offensively, especially if teams take penalties against them. Yeah. They're going to be able to make teams play up, pay on the power play. Yeah. And so, oh, I, I think they're going to be an exciting team. I think it's going to be a team that's also going to give up a lot of goals. I don't think that the... John Gibson, we should talk that, about that, that briefly. That is where I was about to go with it. Uh, I don't think that these two games against the Kings were a mirage from that perspective with both Stolarz. Well, now, he, now he's hurt. Well, both Stolarz and Gibson let up a bunch of goals. Yeah, but I think Stolarz has shown he can he can be better than that. Yeah, and it's preseason, so who knows when he's fully up to speed. But yeah, yeah I mean, Gibson did not look good. And he's... So he's not concussed. No, they said no. not a head injury. No, okay. So that that's a good thing. He's But he, there's something. I don't even... He was pulled from the game. He's not on IR, so I would just... And, and Dostal has not been called up. So he's probably playing. He's probably fine. Yeah, but they pulled him and they said upper body injury. Yeah. So he may be good enough to play and it may have just been a precaution. Who knows what it is, but... He looks awful in he, that game. He did not Some look, of the worst... I mean, I should say, like, some he of the worst some he's good, ever looked... But he's he was that bad at times last year too. Like, remember the game against Nashville. Like everyone was focusing on that first power play, which by the way the Kings did get a shit ton of chances, and Gibson was really good to not allow a goal because I think right. Well, they I, had the one miraculous save. I think the expected goals on that power play for the Kings was like one point two one. Right. Um, but you can't just have a two minute period of being amazing, and then allow a bunch of goals that you shouldn't have allowed. Right. And have it be an uh, uh, acceptable performance. I, I really feel like that first period, that was the John Gibson experience of the last three years. Yeah. Like, in one nice summary. Amazing and then terrible. And, man, like, those long-distance shots with well, no screen. That That's the concern, right? Because I, I think you look at a lot of his save percentage. And granted, it's preseason, so who knows? There's yeah. all that caveat and all of this. 
But when you look at his save percentages, really what's concerning is the low danger save percentage that he has throughout the years. And that it's those goals that end up going in and they end up really tanking him. And that was kind of what happened here. You look at the the second and third goal that came against. The second goal came on a guy that basically was – he did not see the puck and went in. It was really odd and awkward and should have been an easy save. And the third goal, while granted, was a perfect shot from a guy coming down the wing. Mm, Yeah. Well, no, it goes goes top corner, perfect corner. Sure, But he should be in a a spot where he's able to cut off that angle and take away that It was pretty long distance. Pretty long distance from a sharp angle. Like, it should be something. And so – I think there is concern after the season that he had last year. Like, he was not good at the end of the year. Like No, and, like, the thing is, he let in goals like this last year in the regular season. Remember the game against Nashville where he lets in a slap shot goal from, like, the blue line, you know, just coming down the wing, no screen. Um, we saw, we've saw we seen this. Like, that's the thing. You know, if people want to say, oh, well, you know, he's just not trying in a preseason game. Has he been trying in the regular season? Because this is kind of how he's looked, too, in the regular season. So, I don't know. I like there. I think that this is going to be the best environment John Gibson has had in, in the last three years. And so, I think there is a very real chance that he'll be good this season, or at least better than he's been, and and can exceed those expectations. But we just haven't seen it. Like, like it's just one of those things where you got to show me at this point that you can be quote unquote John Gibson again, because he just, he hasn't been that. He just has not been that the last three years. And like, there's just, there is a pretty big contingent of, you know, people like, for example, on Twitter and even the general kind of hockey community that still views John Gibson as an elite level guy. And he's just not that. I'm not sure. Why are you looking up James Reimer? I wasn't looking at James Reimer. We had James Reimer chart. Yeah. On the that wasn't here. on purpose. Yeah. No, like, I was trying to look up. Like it's not because I don't want you know John Gibson to succeed. Like it's more fun when he's playing well. Like when he's on fire, when he's having you know the 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 seasons that he's been having, or the saves he, he can make. It's it's fun. And and by the way, for anyone wondering, because War War O Nine says can't play in Gibson for his numbers. The defense has been garbage for years. Defense actually was not garbage last year from the the metrics that were coming out. Like, the team was not horrible from a, a defensive well, perspective. Even, even the well, year before but, that. But that's what GSAX is there for. GSAX looks at where the shots are coming from. They've been, like, bottom third, and, like, upper end of bottom third. So well, not good, but not, like, you know, they're not the Coyotes or well, something Well, yeah, like that. And, and the thing is, GSAX is, uh, he was negative last year. So he was below what was expected of him. Like, here's the thing. Here is the thing with John Gibson. And, and is, but here's my question. Is John Gibson... <laughs> Uh, expected to be a below expected goalie, basically. Well, well, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. You're 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 coming at this. We're coming at this. We're we're going at the same target here. You can't be like, oh, John Gibson is amazing when things are going well, and give him all the credit in the world. And then when he doesn't play well, it's never his fault, right? Like, it's got like he has some influence on the outcome. It Like, he's not just a victim of circumstance. I mean, I think people forget that after that All-Star game, he had, like, an 11 or 12-game stretch where he cost the Ducks games. Yes. Like, I, I don't think a lot of people, enough people really address that. But the Ducks were in... So, at the start of the year, the Ducks were... Gibson was fine. <laughs> Bonnie is How are, pissed in her yeah. <laughs> I don't want him gone. I just and whatever. But like at the beginning of the season, Gibson was just fine. He was just like at expected. Yeah. And the Ducks were able to really put put together a lot of wins. Mm-hmm. And then January he was outstanding. Like that was vintage. Yeah. John he, he was an All Star. He was an All Star. Like that. Yeah. Run in January pushed him into the All Star game. Yeah. And then after that, he had I think eleven straight games, and I'll look it up right now. 
of below ex, uh, below expected and significantly so where he was costing the team games. And so if you want to look at why the Ducks fell out of the playoff race last year, John Gibson. It was John Gibson. And I don't that's not really controversial. It's not it's not meant to blame him. It's just that's what happened. Yeah. And you know, the Ducks roster was was not in the best place, I think but at that, that point. No, that was all before the trade deadline. No, 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 I'm saying like with, you know, COVID, missing guys, oh, things like fair. that, you know, like it wasn't it wasn't perfect, but Again, if the assumption is that John Gibson is this great all-star goalie and, and he's amazing, then why does this keep happening every year, <laughs> right? Like, like if he's so good, yeah, then why he, does it keep he, happening? He had 11 straight negative uh, GSAX games from the all-star break into March. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, neg- negative three GSAX. Negative three. Negative two. Like, consistently in the negative in, two. In one game, negative three is hard to achieve. So. Yeah, yeah. Like, that. that's the issue here is that it, it's... There was that stretch there that really did them in. So someone is saying that peanut butter M and M's are the best M and M's. That is fair. No peanut M and M's. They are the best. That's what he's saying. He's saying peanut butter. Oh peanut butter. Oh yeah no no peanut M and M's. You were yeah. close close but not I think that, quite that's there. George. Is it? Yeah. Okay yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right so. Yeah, I mean, Jacob Larson did play in front of Gibson. Sure. I don't think he played in front of him last year. Did Lar- Larson, Larson, Larson was not was, a duck last Larson year. Larson was not a duck last year. Yeah, so anyway, look, I think that this year... Ooh, we, pretzel on MMs, good shout. This year will be very revealing for the John Gibson uh, debate. As Jake drinks a, a fake beer. Fake beer. It's delicious. Yeah. Um, okay, well, so we've kind of touched on every bit of the roster here. Um, do you want to do... Some bold predictions, and then we can do questions. Uh, sure. I don't know. I don't know. Um, what's your what's your fun fun prediction for the season? Something not like it can be anything. Fun prediction for the season. Uh, let's go with the Ducks have a top ten power play, and it's actually wow. sustainable. Wow. Okay. Okay. I I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, I don't think I can top that. Um. My fun prediction is that Dmitry Kulikov will have a good... I'm just kidding. Uh, I think Jamie Drys will have a good season. That's the thing I've been touting this whole preseason. I think this is the year he finally takes a step forward. Now as a 20-year-old, with two seasons of NHL experience, I think this is the year he takes a step... A legitimate step forward. Not just like a points-based step forward, but his overall game. Yeah. Uh, Not-so-fun prediction? Not so fun. I think John Gibson's gonna be bad again. I well, not bad, but like I don't think he's gonna salvage his reputation this year. Yeah, um, I don't think so either. Let's go with this for a bad. Mason McTavish does not win the Calder. I don't think he will because I don't think he's gonna be put in positions yes. to where he's going. Granted, I may eat my words because he is on the first power play unit that may change things, but I just don't think he's gonna be consistently put in spots. Where they're gonna, where he's gonna yeah. be able to produce. I thought he would have been the leader for the the Calder, but now seeing the way they've used him, I just don't think he's. And I think also the way uh, Mitch Brown touched on this in his article, but the way that he plays, I think it's gonna take him a little time to get up to speed in the mm-hmm. NHL. So it's okay. I mean, long term, he's still, you know, a top top six center for this team. Um, oh, War War O Nine saying Redgenda is gonna win the Calder. Ah, uh, yeah. That, that's a what would thing. it take? What would it? I mean, he'd have to lead the league at he'd have rookies to lead, and points. Yeah. Marco Rossi will win the Calder Trophy. There you go. Put that in my predictions today um, from TFP. Let's do what's an 
Another prediction? Yeah, let's go off the board. Or let's just say this. Dallas Higgins? Any Dallas Higgins predictions? No, let's do this. Okay. We, we did it in our um, in our article on the website that went up last week. By the way, go check it out. Mike DeFlorio put together an article for a season preview. They haven't played one game, according to Bonnie. So should we... They actually have played games, right? This preseason does not count. <laughs> go check out the article from Mike. It was really good on the website yes. for a really in-depth preview. Yes. We had our... Uh, standings for the Pacific. Oh, yeah. Do you want... Here, I will pull it up. Will I eat crow, crow pie? I, I'm going to let you, give you the opportunity... <laughs> to, to recant? To back off any of these if you want to. Okay, okay. And I will do the same. Okay, let's see. Yeah, they haven't played a game, so why have a podcast? We should just punt, you know, no off-season podcasts until, uh, until the games start. Um, okay, let's see. Oh, I um, forgot how dense this article was, Mike. Okay, okay, here, we, here go. we go. So I have Calgary first. I'm sticking to that. Hardcore. Um, LA second. Mm, I have LA second and Edmonton third. I'm, I'm keeping those two in my top three, but I'm going to flip them. I'm going LA third. Okay. I think Edmonton is, is going to be good. Okay. Much, much to your chagrin. Um, number four. Mm, man. You know... I'm gonna I'm gonna flip I'm gonna flip the ducks to fifth because I have them fourth right now. Sorry, like okay. I'm, I'm doing it. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm just listening. Vegas fourth, um, and the, or yeah, Vegas fourth, Anaheim fifth, and then the bottom stays the same. So Vancouver sixth, you, Seattle seventh. You know what? Something I did not realize what? until all of those projection models came out with Vancouver so high. What they were at ninety points last year. Yeah, they weren't terrible. I did not. I did, for some reason I didn't remember them finishing above the Ducks. I thought they finished below the Ducks no. for some random reason. It's just um, because when they're bad, it gets blown yeah. completely out of proportion because yeah. Canadian media. So my predictions previously were L.A., Calgary, Edmonton, Vegas, Anaheim, Vancouver, Seattle, San Jose, and you know what? I'm gonna stick to my guns and stick to that. Oh, and this was before. This was a Kondry. setup. This was a setup. I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm a man of my word, unlike someone I know. You literally just said, like, you can change these if you well, want. you know, I'm not going to. And you know what? We're, we're going with that. And I'm going to stick to my guns on this, that the Ducks are going to make the playoffs as the fifth with the fifth seed in the Pacific okay. because okay. I don't think the Central is very good. Yes, the Central is not very good. Although, I guess maybe having said that, the only thing that will hurt the Ducks is that those teams are going to play Chicago and Arizona a bunch. Yeah, that's an issue. Big issue. Um, it's going to be a fun division, though. I, yeah. I like I. So I, we can even go one step further here, uh, zoom out a little bit even more. So I, for the fourth period, we did our season predictions. And so we're going to go a little off script here. Okay. But also, I know I said that the Ducks are a fringe playoff team, probably not with their current roster. I'm also being hopeful right now, having said that they are going to make wow. playoffs. Why not? Man of his word. Wishy-washy. Okay. okay, let's just run through these real quick. Uh, power hour style. Atlantic Division, who's your champion of that division? I've done no research on yeah, this. Yeah, you don't get... Uh, I'm not going to show you my I, answers. Uh, Taking those away from you. I'm going to go Toronto. I don't like, yes. I don't like Florida bringing in Paul Maurice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have Toronto as well. Metro. Who's in the Metro again? <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh, Washington, no, know, New York. Um, I'm trying to think about who is going to... I have Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. Sorry. That was the team I probably was They improved. Carolina. 
once Max Patrick no, I, I comes think, back. I was trying to think about who is probably the best team, and I think it is Carolina. They're I, the I, deepest. I think they're the deepest. I don't like New York because I think they're way too reliant on Shesterkin. If he's great, they're going to be in a good spot, but that that's really all they've got. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh, I think, could be good again. but Yeah, they got Jeff Petrie. Um, we'll see. Okay, Central. Central is going to be Colorado winning the division. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't really think of anyone else that had a real shot at it. Uh, Pacific, I mean, we both have... Or I have Calgary, you have LA. I have LA. I'm, I think LA is going to be really good this year. Okay, Jake. Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go pure chaos. Give me the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's who I have, too. You saw that on my screen. No, I actually did not. Okay. Toronto Maple Leafs, 1967. This will be the, the Toronto Maple Leafs' first Stanley Cup with color TV. How about that? There you go. Um, World War 09 said Kreider scores 50 and Igor is the only player they have. You look at the on-ice metrics, they are a team they that don't, should, they should not have made the playoffs last year without... If they did not have Shosturkin, who would ha, probably was the MVP of the league last year, um, they would not have made the playoffs. Okay, okay. So, who is your team in the Stanley Cup final playing the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, I want to say Colorado, but that's boring. Yeah, it's not going to be them. Uh, let's go... Do you, give me, do you want me to give you mine? Sure. I have Calgary. No. This is the ESPN ratings dream final. Calgary, Toronto. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with... Shit. I don't... You know what? Let's just go... Ducks. Let's go all chaos and say the Oilers. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think the Oilers are going to be good. But they're they're but, a playoff type but I think the streaky Le- team. Well, I also think the Leafs torching Jack Campbell in the cup final would be kind of funny. It would be funny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Art Ross Trophy. Uh, Austin Matthews. Okay, I have McDavid. No. I have McDavid. Sorry, I was confusing the Richard and the Art Ross, but sure, let's go Matthews for that also. Matthews, I have Matthews for Rocket. MVP, Hart Trophy, I have I'm, McDavid. I'm going Matthews. Matthews down the board. Norris, I have Kale McCarr. Norris, let... Charlie McAvoy's John not... John Klingberg? <laughs> Charlie McAvoy's not going to play enough to get into that conversation this Hampus year. Hampus Lindholm. Now that he's a power play Isn't one quarterback. Hurt? Oh, is he? No. Oh, maybe he's back. Oh, yeah, you're right. He is. He's on the power play. <laughs> Somehow uh, he's fooled everyone into thinking he could play in the power play. Um, let's go with, for the Norris, yeah, it's probably Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr, Vezina Trophy. There's some challengers here to Igor Shosturkin's throne. I mean, I think it's probably going to be Shosturkin again. I, I, think. I have Ilya Sorokin, who was like third in GSAX last year, something like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Shosturkin. Calder Trophy. Uh, let's go with Matty Beniers. I think Matty wow. Beniers is going to have the most opportunities. Okay, I have Marco Rossi. Um, Selkie Trophy. I have Philip Dano. Uh, LA's going to be good. He's going to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's fair. Uh, Lady Bing. <laughs> I don't know why I picked this, so, but I said Jacob Slavin. Mo- most gentlemanly. Let's go with Cam Fowler. Yeah, I tried to pick Troy Terry. He only had 26 penalty minutes last year. Something like that. There we go. Troy Terry. Uh, oh, wait, oh, wait. Sorry. Troy Terry for Selkie. Okay. I mean, he's a winger, though. Okay, so whatever. Uh, Jack Adams, I have Jay Woodcroft. If the Ducks make the playoffs, Dallas Aikens is, is yeah. in there. Yeah. So so Dallas Aikens, by your logic. Sure. Uh, okay, last two. I disagree with it, but sure. Last place team. Last place team. I think it's going to be the Coyotes. I think... Not, not Chicago? Chicago still has Kane. 
Are we sure Kane's that good? He's good at getting points for himself, but I'm not sure he helps his that, team. That's win. a whole hell of a lot more than well, what, sure. th- than what uh, sure. it, like Kane by himself could probably win win the the Blackhawks some games. Who is even on the Coyotes? Oh, well this leads into my next question. And I have the Coyotes as well. Uh biggest name traded this season. Jacob Trickran. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, so let's see. The Who's Coy- on their team? The Coyotes roster is Clayton Keller, Nick oh. Schmaltz, Lawson Krause, Zach Cassie, Nick Ritchie. Nick Ritchie. There you go. Barrett Hayden, Travis Boyd, Christian Fisher, Nick Bukestad. <sighs> Dylan Gunther. Hey. Jack McBain, Matthias Maselli, uh, Liam O'Brien. God. Shane Gossbeard, Patrick Nemeth, Yusuf Alamaki, Joshua Brown, uh, <laughs> Troy Stetcher still kicking, Connor Timmins, Disson Mayo, Janice Moser, their goaltending of Carol Vizmelka, Vizmelka, Connor Ingram, who they just picked up. Yeah, that is a bad. That is that is barely an NHL team. And then Chicago. Chicago is. I mean, they they still have Kane. They still, they have Kane, Taves, Tyler Johnson, Andreas, Max Domi. Like that's a good pickup. Like the thing is, like they're gonna be bad, but they have like some okay players and some guys that they like, have. Buddy Robinson. Hey, there you go. Yeah, and they still have Seth Jones. Like. I think that if you look at these two rosters, the Coyotes roster is significantly worse. Fair. Fair. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Sharks sent both Eklund and Bordalo down to uh, to, San, to San Jose AHL. So, the Sharks have a, have a chance at this. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get into questions. Questions time. So, questions. questions. Time. So, we're going to start with Discord, and then we'll get to Twitch, and we'll go from there. D Frenzy said, with Eric Stevens coming on saying the Ducks, uh, are the Ducks doing enough to protect their stars? What do you think on the matter? Seems like Verbeek is prioritizing size a lot. Do you see us becoming more like the big bad ducks of old? Also, is Com- uh All right, let's start well, there. Well, he made the team, so we don't need to, to come yeah. to that question. Look, the Delorier thing, right? Do they protect their star players enough? I don't really like this narrative because I don't really think it's backed by a lot of evidence. Like, okay, there was the incident in Arizona where Nick Delorier wasn't. But when Del- Nick Delorier was there, Trevor Zegers got slew-footed. Cedric Paquette ran him. Right. Like, like it, that happened with Nick, Nick Delorier on the team. They right. went out of line. But then they put Delorier on the line, and then he still got slew-footed by P.K. Subban. So the evidence isn't there that that stops players from taking runs at Zegers. Right, because like, the argument is that it stops it. And it did happen. And, like, Cedric so. Paquette ran him. And, like, that was yeah. with Nick Delorier in the lineup that night. So it's like... Realistically, what are you going to do? The only way this stops and this changes is if the league changes yeah. the rules to penalize guys more harshly where they think twice about their pocketbook. Because at the end of the day, maybe this is just me, guys don't give a shit about getting their face punched in. <laughs> like, the, if that gets them a, a, a job and a paycheck and yeah. that gives them a spot on the lineup, that's all that matters. They'll do it. Like, yeah. hit the guys in their pocketbook. That's yeah. where they're gonna feel it. They're not gonna feel well, yeah, it. If they, they can't play. Like they don't. Yeah. They're not gonna give. They'll take getting a punch in the face if it earns them a spot on the lineup and gets them paid NHL money consistently. I agree. Like I, agree. I, I just don't think it's a deterrent in any way. Like it's not gonna make people think twice. It's not gonna do anything. The only way that you do that is by suspending guys for those types of plays and making them lose roster spots, be a detriment on their team. You also have to rewrite m- the rule book. True, and lose money. Yeah. But that's the only way that that happens. Having tough guys. I mean. People may say we're soft. People may say we don't get it. We've never played the game. Like we're First allowed. Off, like we can have an opinion on this. We're like, allowed to have an opinion on yeah. it. We both actually have played hockey. We've both played sports our entire lives. We understand the culture behind a lot of it. And like I understand the argument behind it, but it's just when you zoom out, is this actually helping? Well, and it doesn't it, appear to. And be. does this occur in any other sport? No. Well, in every other sport, fighting is gets you suspended right away. 
right? In the NFL, like, they've cracked down on... Like, and, the the and, NFL is... The, I mean, this is kind of a separate topic, but the NFL is the most popular entertainment product sports-wise in North America by a big old margin, and that sport took out a big element of physicality that a lot of people watched it for, and it's more popular than ever. Yeah. So clearly, like, 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 like your sport's not going to suffer if you take out this this element of toughness or fighting or whatever. And, like, for anyone saying, have we been in a fight? Like, I played water polo for 13 years. That's, I mean, a, sport, the, that's a sport where, like, sure, it may not be a quote-unquote fight, but guys are throwing punches under the water every single game. Like, you get hit every game. That's just, it is what it is. It's part of the sport. And you take that to be able to score goals well, and also, get your team Also, fighting in hockey is only allowed really at the pro level. Yeah. Like, they don't allow fighting in juniors. And the guy doesn't have to, they do allow fighting in junior, well, but there's harsher suspensions. The, this, yeah, the penalty is harsher, yeah. But, like, it's, yeah. So, I, I think getting back to the point, you and I both think it's dumb. I think the Ducks don't need to go back to the big bad Ducks of old. This is a very highly skilled team. Um, and, um, they should really lean into that. So, yeah. Yeah. all right. So the other question is, uh, from D frenzy is Silverberg still an NHLer? He looks in pain when he's out there. True ducks legend for sure. In my books, but is he better than Grimaldi, Regenda, Jones, or Comtois? I think I'm, I want to give him like one last shot. Let's see it in a real game yeah. before. I don't want to write him off yet, but it doesn't look good so far. Dalton keys with a great question. Have either of us shot a snot rocket onto the Honda center ice? No. Sadly, I have not. I can't do the snot rocket I can't thing. either. I think I've done it like once. It's also harder with a cage on. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. Um, the Puff said, thoughts on the fact that the Ducks sent out Terry McTavish with Zegers for the 21st Duck thing. By the way, did you see the 21st Duck thing? No. So no. They that, was to, that was today, right? They announced it today. It was about a kid who's kind of been fighting. I forget exactly what he's been fighting. Um, and um, basically surprised him with... Oh. Uh, they asked him essentially who his favorite player was right now. He said Zegers, right as Zegers, uh. McTavish, and Terry walk onto the bench behind him, and Zegers like goes up behind him. Uh. And it was just a really cool moment. That's good. Um, but yeah, so it was those three specifically sent out. Do you think that we're looking at the long term leadership core? Could be. Yeah. Could be. I mean, that's. I could definitely see like any one of those three getting the, the captaincy. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lou is not letting you uh, get away away with this. He's asking, "Will you eat some humble pie for being wrong about Pavel Regenda?" Sure. I mean, I like admittedly did not watch him play uh, in the the World Championship, which is kind of what people were basing the hype around him on. So shame on me, shame on me. I'll have some of that humble pie. Jared said, "Do you think the Ducks will play the entire season with no captain? If you were in charge, who would you nominate?" I think they are. I think Dallas Aikens no. kind of sort of said it. They said that they're not going to yet. Well, no, but, like, there's been a follow-up since that. Oh, there has? There I has. I missed that. Yeah. I don't think they are. Based on everything that we're hearing, it just doesn't sound like it. If I was in charge, who would I nominate? I don't... Like, I just don't think it's up to me. I think it's up to the guys in the room yeah. to figure it out. Like, I actually buy that stuff for yep. when it comes to leadership. Yeah. 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 I mean, you wouldn't be a doubting Thomas there. <laughs> I didn't even know this was, like, a biblical reference. I did not know Jesus. either. I just want your face uh, photoshopped on Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, <laughs> Bastardo Verde, aka Green Bastard, said, uh, "I may be too late, but what is the worst soda of all time?" Ooh, uh, Dr Pepper. Yeah, that no, it's so bad. You don't drink soda. You don't get to have an answer to this. I tried it. It's the worst one I've tried. I'm gonna go with Squirt. <laughs> okay, isn't that a um? It's like a it's like a lemon lime kind of kind sort of thing. Of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It was just one. Oh no, actually, sorry. I'm going to scratch that. RC Cola. It's, RC Cola is garbage. It squirted into your head? Is that what you're going to say? No. It popped into your head? 
Okay. Wow. Um, wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Oops. Um, all right. Oops. So time for those of uh, uh, Mountain Dew is fantastic. I see that there Pepsi is Mountain exists. Dew. <laughs> it does. Correct. Dr Pepper is trash. Thank you. No. Thank you, Mike. Stop. All right. Yes. So for those of you watching this, yes, we're on YouTube. You can go to YouTube.com/slash/crashbond where you can like and subscribe to our channel. We actually had a bunch of comments on there. I see them all. I respond to them uh, when I need to. Or if you have a question for me, I'll respond. So check us out there, YouTube.com. Or if you're listening on your favorite podcast services, you can find us at twitch.tv slash crashspawn, where you can like and uh, where you can follow our channel, subscribe to the channel. If you have Amazon Prime, you get one free Twitch Prime sub each and every month. Uh, you do have to hit that subscribe button after 30 days. We did get uh, Ken Pafu resub for 33 months, and he had mentioned... This is his uh, glorious month because 33 is uh, Silverberg's number. Wow. And we all know that our good friend Tony is Jacob Silverberg. Wow, this, this football game is pretty close. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, Continue. Uh, Dan Grimshaw said, or Dan Grimshaw resubbed for two months in a row. 20 months total. Pumped for the start of the season. Glad to be along for the ride with CTP. Shoegaze, Dragon, Georgie resubscribed for 30 months in a row. 43 total. Uh... They're together in the same room. Uh, Chicken Taco Salad is resubbed for 13 months. So there we go. So Felix is now having a game up on YouTube TV. <laughs> uh, I could have put it on the TV if you had That's asked. That's true. That's true. But uh, all right. So get your Twitch, uh, your questions in the Twitch chat. The hardcore luchador said, "I had my headset off. You addressed it, but since Gibson gets so much hate uh, here, at least, who is better that is potentially available?" Anthony Stolars. He is on the team. He has played better than John Gibson every year that he's been on the team. I understand that he hasn't played in a starter's with the starter's workload, but give him a chance. He's he's shown that he's capable. I, I actually like this is a neat this is a pride thing. This is an ego thing. Like if it were purely a meritocracy, I mean Anthony Stolars should have the net. If we're gonna be hard on Gibson for preseason though, Stolars has not been good in preseason. Yes, but Anthony Stolars had a, has had two Good regular seasons in a row. The real question with Solars is, can he keep it up with a larger larger workload? Well, my whole thing is, he doesn't have to play 60 games. Just no, but I'm just saying like go, 50. Go 40-40. Yeah. Go 40-40. All right. Rooch asks, are you guys as surprised as I am with Grimaldi not even getting a contract? A little bit. A little bit. Although now with one Brett Leeson uh, joining the fray, maybe not so much. I yeah. Mean, I mean, is, is Brett Leeson better than Rocco Grimaldi? Doesn't appear to be the case. I mean, here's the thing. Rocco Grimaldi had a really good preseason. Like, that. that's what I'm surprised by, is not only from a counting metric pers- or counting stat perspective with goals and assists, but even from an on-ice perspective. He yeah. was pretty good for the Ducks. Yeah. And, and so I'm just really surprised by this. I mean, War War 09 says he's five foot five, and it's like, sure. But, he's, he's not. But he's 5'6", I think. Oh, is he really? Yeah, you didn't know he's that short? He's our height. Yeah, he's our height. I know. He's a <laughs> wow. short, he's short king. Short king short from king. Southern California. Relatable. Wow. I know. Yeah. No, he should have... I mean, he should have made the team. Uh, yeah, he he should... I, I think... But guess what? Brett Leeson's literally almost a foot taller. Do you think it's odd they're running 8D, 13 forwards? Uh, yes, because I look at that blue line and I'm like... You don't need AD if the two extras are going to be one AHLer and Nathan Bollier. Like that—that's that, the issue. Yeah, like um, I so. don't get why Colton White's on this team and Rock Grimaldi's not. Right. That's essentially what this comes down to. Is well unconfirmed on Rock Grimaldi. I mean, well, it's not unconfirmed. He's not on the roster. He well, I'm, con- I'm just he, saying we don't—he he doesn't don't, have a contract. We don't definitively know he won't be a. Duck. Well, the opening night rosters were due and today at two p.m. and he was not on them. So, but he was at practice today. He could be signed by then and be on the the uh, yeah. 
the the roster for Wednesday's game, but as of opening night rosters being due, he was not on the team. Yes, there's a very real chance the Raiders are about to beat the Chiefs. Uh, Hardcore Lucha said, is Grimaldi better than White? Yes. I mean, he's been better in preseason than White has, so yeah. if we're just basing off of guys trying to make the team granted different positions... But Rob Grimaldi's been one of the best ducks in preseason. I mean, and he has a he's had good NHL results in the past too. He played all of last year in the AHL, but he's he's shown that he's he's had some success in the NHL. It's not as if it's just like a flash in the pan preseason for him. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, so if anyone has else has questions, let us know. Any other weird takes that you want to get off your chest? Weird takes. You met my son today? Yeah, baby Luke. Yeah, he is not happy today. He is not happy. He got shots today. He's been crying ever since I've been I don't, home. I don't blame him. Uh, yeah, weird takes. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have any. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm not like, I can't say I'm like stoked for this season. It's more like I'm just ready to see it. Like I just, I want to see how things play out. Um, Arbor, Arbor, uh, Shakai, Jakai made the team. The Montreal Canadiens. I saw that name and I thought he was a soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> Look like he's, he's a real person. Whether it as it turns out, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's exciting. I think it's exciting that we're still keeping this podcast going. That we still have people listening and, and chiming in. Uh, who's the first call up from the, the Ducks? That that is a good question here. Or sorry, call up from the Goals. Hellison. Ooh, Perot oh, maybe. Perot or Hellison? I think Perot or Hellison. Yeah, uh, I almost said Josh Mahara. Oops. Uh, yeah, sorry, Josh Mahura. No, I, I'm just kind of like, it's one of those things now where I'm like, I, we've talked about it so much from every different angle. I just want to see it. I just want to see how it plays out. Oh, you got a question. Oh, wait, we got a bunch of them. Uh, Hardcore Lucha said, what's been like for you guys to spend a bunch of time together? It's been a while, I think. When was the last time I would have, last time I would have seen you would have been in person. Like a couple months ago. It visited your house. Yeah, I think that was the last time. It would have been. But that was like a brief kind of very brief. Yeah. Just, but we we hung out the weekend before that. Yeah. At the beach. Oh, we, that's right. And we 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 golfed. We we we, we went to the driving we range. Went to the driving I don't range. know. What I would call going to the driving range golfing. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I I'm not a you know I'm not in that world. I'm not in uh, that space. All right. Literacal says, uh, "How does Felix consistently break uh, my heart?" You know. I don't know what you want me to do, Bonnie. Like, I mean, you owe, I, you owe her an essay. Should I just? That's true. That's true. But like, I am I supposed to ignore the you know the stats? Am I supposed to ignore the evidence that we have here? Like, I don't know what I'm left with. The if, information is real, right? Like, trust I, the science. I'm not pulling this out of my, you know, I'm not tugging this out of anywhere. Uh, yep. So. Uh, uh, Rooch twenty said question for for me. Still salty over the Tottenham Arsenal game? Yes, very much so. That was a dumb red card. Should not have been a red card. That killed the game. It, not saying we would have won the game, but it was a stupid red card that should not have actually happened, and the, then Tottenham yeah. could have come back and tied the game. So, stupid game, stupid penalty, stupid result, but that's football. You mean soccer? That's football. That's, oh, that's also, soccer. Also, uh, I saw Dalton Keyes had asked if any of us are going to the Wednesday home opener. You will be back up at NorCal. Yeah. I will not be going. Yeah, Seattle Kraken. Do you want to make a prediction for that game? Really quick, let, let's get one more question because we have this. Oh. How many games does Dostal play this year with the Ducks? I'm going to go with seven. I'm going to go 15. 15? Do you have an Anthony Stolarz post-deadline trade? That actually was not even what I was thinking. Or not, not post-deadline, 
pre-deadline trade. Oh, we keep getting questions. 91 Blue said, what does he order at Lazy Dog before the home opener on Wednesday? What's Lazy Dog? It's a restaurant across the th- way from Honda Center. Oh, okay. I actually don't... I've only been to Lazy Dog once or twice, so I don't know their menu, but let's go with a beer. A beer. That's, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Let's go with an IPA. Let's go with a hazy IPA. Yeah. There we go. Uh, question for Felix from Rooch. Uh, you thinking about going to a Ducks-Sharks game up in San Jose this year? I might. Those those Sharks jerseys are nice. I, I know you don't like... Uh, no, I, no, no. The, the away the, jerseys the, are nice. No, the reason why I'm making that face is that I think they are really nice, and it's very frustrating. And you're jealous. That, yes. And you're jealous. That, I get it. No, that 100% is. I get it. I'm like, going gonna, gonna to try to go. Like, I don't know. We'll like, see. Do the Ducks? No. I was about to say, do the Ducks have the worst jersey in California? No. The Kings jersey is still the worst. That is a very open question, but I would say that you are correct because I still think that the Ducks have some fun The Kings jersey is a practice jersey. It's so boring. It's so boring. There's just literally nothing. Like, if you compare it to the jersey it's based on, which is the Chevron jersey, like, that jersey's arguably even more boring, but there's, like, an iconic feel to it. The frustrating thing is that all three teams could be, like, three of the best-looking teams in the league. They once were. The, the Sharks now are, are there. The Ducks could easily go back to the Mighty Ducks jersey and be right. there. The Kings could go back to their... I, I honestly think their purple and, and black jerseys from the oh, yeah. mid-2000s. That that's my favorite that like, they've had. Oh, it's so easy. So, yeah. um, all right, back to your question about prediction. For, for, for Wednesday. For Seattle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go four to two Ducks. Wow. Four goals. Actually, no. Scratch that. Four to three Ducks. Oh, my God. This game. Sorry. Um, I think the Ducks win. I think that they will, like you said, score some goals. Four goals, sure. I have a Ducks win as well. I don't have a specific score. Five, four Ducks from Roots. Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Dissolve E23 says, are the Ducks the worst jersey in the NHL? Well, I said the Kings jersey is worse. You, I know who you would pick for the worst. <laughs> Nashville. Yep. Nashville. The Ducks are, here's the thing. The Ducks are in that bottom tier, though. They are. They are. They're they're very much in that bottom tier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whose offense is going to score more points, Dallas Aikens or Kyle Shanahan? Um, well, I mean, it's kind of hard to compare football to hockey points wise. I'm going to go with Dallas Aikens. You know, it's a very play, play to the home so crowd. One thing I want to just briefly mention about this: that the Blue Jackets it, is bad. Yeah, agreed. I don't think it's that bad. They have blue pants now. Do they not have blue pants before? They had red pants. Oh. That's like the whole thing with them. Okay. Uh, it's always funny to me that like people complain about hockey being a low-scoring game and then people say football is high-scoring or something like that. But you like football is just such an arbitrary like scoring system where it's yeah, like... Yeah, why is it six points? Well, it's just like if you were to take out the like six or seven points, what what is it? It's like three to two. Right. Like it's right. three touchdowns to two touchdowns. I don't understand that, Yeah, Yet actually. people call it high-scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Fair right, point. right. Fair, it's just so point. like, what was this? Thirty to twenty nine. So yeah. realistically, it was what? Well, you don't really know. But it's like yeah. no, but it's like the equivalent of like four to three. I don't understand how the Raiders just lost. They had a fourth and one. Wow. Okay. Anyway. But regardless, yeah. it's just, Sorry, Lou. just just a minor pet peeve, Lou. Your Raiders suck. <laughs> Raiders are trash fire. So um, all right, I think that's probably gonna do it for us tonight. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to support the show, really easy ways to do that. Um, number one way, search us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. And if you leave a review, we will read it on the show as Jake pulls up to see if we have new reviews. I don't think we do. We no. don't. But if you do, we'll read it on the show. And they're a lot of fun. People really deliver, usually. Um, another way, though, you can... I mean, you can check us out wherever you get 
podcasts, so Spotify, we're also on YouTube. Uh, but really check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash crash the pond. Uh, for $1 a month, you get access to our Discord server, which is like the best. It's just the most fun community, diehard Ducks fans. We have so much fun in there. It's I spend way too much time in there, to be honest. I would be a lot more productive if that server didn't ex- exist. But that speaks to how much of a thriving place it has become. Uh, for $5 a month, you get access to, to two bonus episodes, which um, we're going to try to do one at some point. We'll try to do a full... We, I mean, we gave our, our division yeah. winners, but we'll do a breakdown. I mean, this is a fun one where we do the divisions and, yeah. and do give our predictions for every division. So on the bonus episodes, we go more league-wide. Uh, we, talk, we do more rankings, things like that. So it's a lot of fun. We're also a bit more unfiltered. Um, and then outside of that, check out our website, crashthepond.com. You can actually get some Crash the Pond gear. Uh, we've got cool t-shirts, coffee mugs, stickers, everything you could possibly want. Crashthepond.com slash shop. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Jake is on Twitter at ReindeerGames91. And I am on Twitter at Felix underscore Sicard. That is going to do it for us tonight, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Can't believe that this uh, in-person pod has reached a conclusion. Let us know what you think of the in-person format. And um, that'll be it. Ducks country. Let's fly. Bye, I guess. That was awful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Got him. Well, let's see how that turned out. I don't understand this game.